Get your popcorn ready. Regular beats. What stuff? Welcome to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I am your host, KG Esquire, the fifth. Personally, I think I'm more of a shady character than a sketchy dude. I'm here with the Soup Deucer and Magna Mills to talk about what we've watched recently and to talk about some of our favorite comedy sketches. Guys, tonight I have a very nice 2013 Petit Verdot. Now, one thing that you need to know, it was a very wet season that year. Tons and tons and tons of rain, producing very plump grapes, limited supply. We didn't get a ton of it, but boy, is it vibrant. And that is not sketchy. The next guy up, though, well, he isn't necessarily a sketchy dude. He's just sketchy as fuck. I mean, I probably am more sketchy than shady. I'll give you that. I am Magnet Mills, and I used to consistently drink Coors Light and avoided being shady. Until I had a Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson, it's my beer. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. I have to say, it's got a unique taste that sticks with you, just like regular dudes watch stuff. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube or on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. Do not forget to get a Samuel Jackson with breakfast, and don't forget the flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe. This is how other people find our show, find our channel. We greatly appreciate it. If you had fun, give us that thumb. Uh, Soup, how you doing, baby? Man, you got some uh, cowbell for us tonight or something? We're going to roll with that. I'm going to drink PBRs. We're going to talk about some fucking sketchy, sketchy, sketchy. Before we get into sketchy territory, I want to hear about what have you guys been filling your holes with recently? You guessed it. It's time for some holes in this house. There's some holes in this house. Soup, how deep you been filling them holes? Um, in- Nice, with the Zappa, do good reference. Well, I have been on Banshee for quite some time, and I'm excited to say I recently finished it. Four seasons long. Uh, Anthony Starr is fantastic. That's the dude who plays Homelander in The Boys. You can check us out over on Compound B, where we talk about all boys shit. A lot of fun. Check us out over there. But you're here now, so listen up. Banshee was really, really good, man. I enjoyed this. I thought, yes, yes. Okay, let's just get it out of the way. Tons of action, there's a great fight scene, and a ton of banging. I'm talking about if you thought True Blood had a lot of banging, that that's not even scratching the surface of banging. This is next-level banging. It's awesome. The violence is incredible, but the story was so cool. It's a twisted love story at its core, but it spirals off in all these different directions, and they managed to keep four or five or six major plot lines going at all times that stretch through all four seasons. I'm happy with how it ended. I really enjoyed this one, man. I'm glad I watched it. I give it the Jamie G thumbs up. Mills, 
Nice. Uh, you know, you got to know your ABCs, man. Action, banging, Cinemax. Right there. Easy peasy. It's one of the first things you'll learn when you're watching shit. I have been keeping up with Justified City Primeval. That's the kind of Justified. It's not really a reboot. It's just a sequel, but it only has Raylan Givens, Timothy Oliphant's character. Very good. Really enjoying that one. Bit of a slow burn, but if you're fans of the original, you'll enjoy it. If you're kind of fans of just a solid, just good crime story, you'll enjoy it. Very cool. This one's uh, set in Detroit. I've also been keeping up on season five of What We Do in the Shadows. This has been a, a real banger so far. Definitely up in contention for my favorite season of the show. So very excited to see how they finish out the season here. They are still picked up for one more as of now. And I finally got to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 came out in Disney+. Plus. Uh, nice end of the trilogy. Uh, James Gunn, we'll see what he does in the DC Universe. But as always, the soundtrack was very choice. Performances was great. Looked great. I uh, had a lot of fun with that one. You know, I think it, that might be the, the highest point you see from the kind of the MCU in a minute. But, you know, definitely felt like the end of something and totally worthwhile. Enjoyed it. So if, especially if you enjoyed the first two Guardians movies, check, check, check it out. Well, normally it would be time for us to do our featured review, but this time we're going to do a sketchy one. We each pick two comedy sketches and we each watch all six. So two, four, six, and we're going to talk about them here, right here, right now. All right, we're going to open with one of my picks. This is Tyrone Bingham's Fear Factor. This is from Chappelle Show, Season 2, Episode 12, originally released April 7, 2004, directed by Neil Brennan, written by Neil Brennan and Dave Chappelle. Notable stars include Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan. And the basic premise is, I mean, really fucking basic. A crackhead named Tyrone Bingham's competes on the reality show Fear Factor, hosted by Joe Rogan. I'll just be upfront here. When I was coming up with my sketches, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll take one from Chappelle show. And I never really got past that. There are just so many good ones here. This one's a touch dated because you have to remember Fear Factor used to be a thing. And Joe Rogan used to be kind of a stand-up comic slash television host before he was a podcast host. But I think this is just a perfect send up on just how ridiculous kind of reality television is overall, especially kind of reality competitions. I mean, Tyrone Bingham's himself is like a top tier Dave Chappelle, Chappelle show character. So, uh, you know, I like it. Why don't y'all tell me your thoughts on the sketch? You know, obviously, I'm guessing you've probably seen it before and kind of just how you feel about Chappelle show overall. Uh, Jamie G. Well, when the Chappelle show came out, it was like must see TV. It was like you knew the time it was coming on. You rearranged your schedule. You did everything you could to be there when it came on, ready to go. It was a ton of fun. And this is the reason why. This sketch is one of the one of the greats of the show, loaded with a ton of great ones. Tyrone Biggums, obviously a character he kind of plays, you know, kind of throughout the Chappelle Show series, if you will. He comes back, you know, comes into the scene every once in a while. And he's great every time. I love the concept here of just, you know, you're sitting around and you're like, what if you put a crackhead that's homeless on something like the fear factor? They really don't have any fear other than not getting their next hit of crack. And it's taking a topic that's really terrible, like drug addiction, 
and making it so incredibly funny and wrapping it all up on a fear factor type storyline. It's just the bee's knees, dude. It, 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 just classic Chappelle show. How about you, Soup? Kind of just any, obviously, I guess you've seen this before. Any overall thoughts on it or Chappelle show? Going off of every of what you guys have just said, I mean, yeah, Tyrone Bigham's great character, a reoccurring character. This particular sketch, though, is fucking hilarious because, you know, I mean, there's. I mean, it's just hilarious on a lot of levels. And, and you know, I don't want to get into too many of the specifics. I think we'll talk about them here in a minute. But, uh, you know, Chappelle's show as a whole is fucking awesome. Yeah, how about Fear Factor itself? Did either y'all ever really watch it, and would it be something you would have ever considered competing on? For me, I knew of it, never really watched it, and no, I would not compete on it. That's exactly where I'm at. Jamie G? I heard about it. I used to actually like it. I thought it was fun. Um, thought about competing on it, but you know, I like to just think about stuff. There's a difference between thinking about it and doing it. And that's my legal advice for today. Jamie GS quite the fifth. All right. We see him do kind of three different things here. You got to lay in like the bugs, which are mostly worms. They need to walk across hot coals and then you had to eat elk penis, like rank those from worst to first. For me, I think the worst one would be eating the elk penis followed by laying in the bugs and then walking across coals, I think would be the easiest. Anybody, anything different? You can't even pretend you're doing. That was great. There's the one chick who gets in the worms and she's there for like three seconds. And she's just like, oh, fuck, no. She just hops right back out. Uh, any particular moment that stood out as your funniest? I mean, again, there is uh, a ton of funny stuff. I think maybe just the, the hardest belly laugh I had is uh, when the Tyrone takes his shoes off. And then he, you see his nasty ass feet. He's got like coins and worms between them. And then he lights a cigarette off his flaming toenail. That's probably my favorite email of a particular favorite funny, you know, funniest moment, I should say. From For me, I think it was just the initial, there's something you don't know about me, Joe Rogan. I smoke crack. I mean, just so funny, dude. And, and that, that kind of carried through the character of Tyrone Biggums as he reoccurred throughout the Chappelle show. And I just, that to me was just so funny, man. I mean, it's, it never gets old. It was even better than I spoke crack. It was, I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. 
<laughs> and I mean, just the idea that he's so comfortable, like this is easy for him. He's excited to eat the elk penis. He takes a nap in the bugs. He just takes, he's reading the paper first and he just lays down, has some lights. And then when he's sleeping, he's just like, hmm, crack. <laughs> like he's just dreaming about crack. And then the end, when he brings his girl out, he's like, oh, I'm going to give you like the, the best rock ever. And instead of being, you know, a ring, it's just a giant crack rock. <laughs> Uh, just all the little details there, right? I mean, even the idea, like, during the, the elk penis thing, everyone else is horrified. He's tasting it before it's even his turn. He's kind of sticking his finger in, checking it out and everything. And for the record, that's elk penis with a light cream testicle sauce topped with diced pig bladder, and you get horse hooves for dessert. Hey, man, fear is never a factor when you're trying to get some crack rocks. Yeah, I, I think really just an absolute classic. And before we move on, just if you could put Tyrone Bingham's in, in another situation, be at a show or anything in real life, where do you think it would just be hysterical for Tyrone Bingham to show up? <laughs> I feel see, I feel like they did that on Chappelle's show, didn't they? I feel like they spoofed the wife swap thing, but it wasn't with Tyrone Bingham's. Well, in honor of in honor of football season fastly approaching, I think putting him on Monday Night Football would be a ton of fun as an announcer. Like he just wanders into the announcer booth on accident, like, "Oh, yeah, what are you guys doing? You got any rocks?" Yep. It's funny. I was gonna go kind of football related and be like, "Remember when?" Uh, Katy Perry did the Super Bowl joint. And there was like the whole left shark thing. If they would have just taken off his head, and the left shark was Tyrone Bingham. But then he starts doing his Tyrone Bingham dance and everyone starts doing it or something. I think that would have been pretty awesome. I think that's uh, about it for me on the Fear Factor. Joint. Next up, we've got one of the Soup Deucers picks. Mills, hit us with the deets. All right, man, this is uh, the time caplet. Welcome to the altered state of Druggetusets. This is from Mr. Show with Bob and David. This is from season three, episode three, titled Oh, You Men, originally released October 3rd, 1997. Director was John Moffat and Troy Miller was segment director. We've got nine credited writers here, so we're just going to say written by the writer's room of Mr. Show. Notable stars include Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. The basic premise is we're going to check out a lost episode of a kid's show from the early 1970s. Uh, Soup, tell us why you picked this one, man. We know you've been kind of jonesing to do this one for a minute. What about this stands out other than just the Jorgatusets of it all? Well, yeah. And, um...
it, as far as my overall thoughts on this one, I definitely enjoyed it. I don't know quite what I was expecting because didn't really ask, just kind of tune into it. And I kind of knew when, when they started talking, I'm like, okay, this could be fun. And then they went to it and it kept kind of taking it to different levels. Uh, I just like kind of the, just the overall absurdity of it all. And then even the way it kind of ends, like you cut back to the audience and they like eject the tape and everyone says bye and brings it outside, like throws it into space. And then like uh fucking apes find it or something and kind of like a plan of the apes thing. I like taking that, like, the joke all the way to like taking as far as you can kind of thing. And I think they really do it here. They probably push what they could do with the budget they had and everything like that. So I definitely enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't mind like straight drug comedy and this is pretty close to straight drug comedy, but it's more of, I'd say drug culture comedy. It's not necessarily specifically about the drugs. It's kind of just like all the happenings around drugs kind of. And that's, you know, really interesting. I mean, you've never seen, uh, you know, until you've seen like a, a you know room of like stone dudes in college, you've never seen people who are terrified to order pizza before. But I've seen it. I've seen it, man. Your Scooby Doo's of the world and whatnot a little bit. Right, it played good writing, really. Just oh yeah, phenomenal. Uh, Jamie G, kind of overall thoughts on uh, the altered state of Drugatusets here. Yeah, look, I thought the concept was neat. Um, I, I enjoyed how they set it up, and then the execution. A little weird. There wasn't a whole lot of like laugh out loud moments, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was it was fun. It was kind of an interesting look at things. Um, you know, with what you guys said about just kind of maybe some of the influences out there to some of our favorite. Uh, I mean, look at Elf. I mean, geez, there's, there's like a movie on that. Uh, that wasn't psychedelics, but that was certainly drug influence. So uh, definitely influence there. Um, so I like that they kind of took that concept here and, and did that. Uh, again, not like overly funny. I didn't find myself necessarily laughing a ton. There were a couple moments in there where I, where, where I enjoyed it. Just that weird humor that uh, Bobby O and, uh, and, and Cross have together um, on the show and anything else that they've done together. So enjoyed it. Uh, wasn't overly funny, but didn't mean it was bad. Duke, this was your baby. Anything in particular you'd like to discuss about it? Yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I think it's a good look, dude. And it does have a couple of different layers.
as far as laugh out loud funny, David Cross, when he comes in dancing, is laugh out loud funny. When he comes into it with that wig and he does the little jig and everything, that and then it, when they have the huge phone, when they want to call for the pizza, they pick up the giant phone. I definitely chuckled at that. And then when like the dude shows up to take the bull to like the tent and give him like B12 and whatnot, th- that all definitely. So there were laughs there. I mean, pulling the pill down from the tree. I thought there were a, a lot of great gags. They were more kind of visual probably than, you know, just doing kind of jokey jokes. I do wish the talking bong had been funnier. That really wasn't, uh, maybe it was the voice or something, but I feel like that should have been really funny. Little trips like they're on the Let's Get Highway in the cannabis, like they're driving the cannabis. I just thought that was great. And my favorite name was definitely uh, Hallucinogeny. I thought that was a that was a real good one. So, yeah, I mean, good stuff there. But, you know, I do have to say that uh, the pizza did not look awesome. They might have been on drugs. It did not look awesome. The phone looked awesome. The the pizza did not even look like it was DiGiorno's. <laughs> but they did get the pizza at the end of the day. I really loved the, the actual the beginning bit with the time caplet, with them playing the old TV hosts and everything. I thought that was great. Like, David Cross's character doesn't even know what decade it is and shit. Like... Have you ever had your mind blown by a candle, man? Have you ever had your mind blown by a candle? Those weren't bad and all, but it's time for one of my picks, Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth. So get ready to be blown. Away. Blown away. Whatever. Do me a salad here and give us the details for my first pick. All right. This is The Food Room from Inside Amy Schumer. This is from Season 2, Episode 3, titled A Chick Who Can Hang. Originally released April 15th, 2014. Directed by Ryan McFall. Again, we've got nine credited writers here, so we're just going to go with the writer's room on Inside Amy Schumer here. Notable stars include Amy Schumer and Josh Charles. Basic premise is... This is a parody of Aaron Sorkin's show, The Newsroom from HBO, but it's set in a fast food restaurant. Jamie G, tell us why you picked this one. Yeah, and and look, first of all, Inside Amy Schumer was a national treasure. It was really, really, really good. Uh, I enjoyed it so much. Comedy Central needed this so bad after the success of um, Chappelle Show, and that just kind of suddenly going away. They needed this. It was really good. And I'm proud of the, the network for putting out two really good sketch comedy shows uh, and, and a third to follow with with maybe, you know, spoiler, my next, uh, my next pick. But I picked this one because I thought it was such an interesting concept to basically be able to take something like working the drive-thru in a fast, in a fast food uh, job and kind of mech that up, mock that up with the newsroom. It's so beautifully done. It probably doesn't hit as hard unless you're familiar with the newsroom, but it's awesome. And Josh Charles is incredible. I just love this crazy little romance they have. And at the same time, all the little stressors that happen is they're trying to kind of fight the corporate entity of, of trying to decide whether it's, you know, apple slices or fries. So really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was just kind of like, when you think of Inside, Schu- Inside Amy Schumer, this is kind of a microcosm of what she did, uh, but this is a mild, you know, mild one. She's got some crazy one out there. Definitely check it out. I enjoyed it. it. You're right. 
if you haven't watched the newsroom or at least some Aaron Sorkin West Wing or something, you're not going to get the jokes. Like the whole when they do the walk and talk, and they just basically keep going around in the circle and fiddling with things. That's definitely like an Aaron Sorkin thing. The dialogue is very Aaron Sorkin. The idea that if people work together and they're the opposite sex, they're eventually going to fuck. That's a very Aaron Sorkin thing. So all of that really tracks. I thought they did a great job uh, visually setting up kind of a, what is it, McDonald's or whatever the uh, the restaurant is and that they're serving giggle. Oh, McDolman's. It was McDolman's. And it also has a parking lot where people meet to buy Ritalin. The dialogue was very tight. It was written very Sorkin-esque. I thought they really nailed all of that, but you are right. If you didn't watch the newsroom especially, it, it would probably be funny, but I don't know if it would really hit like that. Uh, Soup, how about you? Uh, I think Jamie G and I have both seen the newsroom, so that's why it hit. Have you seen the newsroom and uh, overall thoughts on this one? You'll have the opposite person. That's actually good for this because you'll have the opposite perspective. They played it real straight, yeah. For, as a parody, they played it very straight. Uh, definitely choice dialogue. I assume you should have liked the uh, the restaurant thing, right? When the chick drops the burger patty under the soft serve machine, the dude's like, well, fucking fish it out and reheat it. What is this, half past amateur hour? Well, and, that, and that's awesome. In, in full disclosure here, there's not a lot of inside Amy Schumer available unless you pay for Paramount Plus. Yeah, her line about getting a finger bang like it was 1997 in the back of her tercel or whatever, that was very good deadpan to like. She played it very straight. Now, I'm not asking that you finger bang me in the back of my tercel like it's 1997. I'm just asking for a chance to make a difference. And I, I definitely enjoyed that one. And just the the one, you're right, Josh Charles kills it. His line, uh, I sleep on a futon. I've been using the same Brita for three years. My roommate is a bassist. You I just love that, like, the idea that his roommate plays bass is just one of the main issues in his life that's fucking him over. And, and honestly, Josh Charles deserves some more love, dude. He's he's great. He's, he's a, been in a lot of stuff post this. I've seen him in other things. I didn't even realize that he was on the show like that. And he's actually in this show quite a bit. This is one of many um, episodes that he's featured in. So they use him and use him well just the best part of the whole thing is they took it so seriously inside the restaurant outside 
the dude driving the bus at the drive thru didn't give a fuck and he couldn't even hear them through the speed. World. Like they all cared so much inside. Everyone stops to watch dude give his speech and everything. Outside, you, you cut to it and then it's all garbled. They can't even hear what they're fucking saying. The dude literally couldn't give a fuck. So I just thought that was a just a nice way to kind of wrap it up a little bit. All right, my man. We're woo affiliates here. So you know that we practice the snake style. That means we're going to do my second pick next. Break it down for us. All right, man. This is McCringleberry's Excessive Celebration. This is from Key and Peel, Season 3, Episode 8, titled Joke Stealing. Originally aired November 6, 2013. Directed by directed by Peter Atengio. And again, lots of writers here. We've got 10 credited writers, so we're just going with the writer's room on Key and Peel. Notable stars include Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peel. The basic premise of this is football player Hingle McCringleberry is flagged for excessive celebration. Jamie G, tell us why you picked this one other than it's just really funny and it's got football. Yeah, this is an excellent lampooning of real life. If you've watched the NFL, they really kind of struggle to dial in how much they want to let their players celebrate. And it's become a whole thing, whereas uh, last year, Jamal Williams, the player on the Detroit Lions, basically got fined for imitating this celebration. I just love the idea that two pumps are allowed somewhere in the rule book. Like the, there was a conversation about how many pumps were allowed in the celebration, and they decided on two. I think this is just a perfect sketch where it's the same joke over and over, but every time they do it, they do it like three times and it takes it to another level each time they do it. It's like, all right, how are they going to make this funny again? You know, they do the same thing three times and it gets funnier each time. And I think that's just, you know, just the best way you can kind of lay out, especially a sketch where you're going to do kind of a, a layered joke like that. And you're right, man, the, the kind of the telestrator dick gag at the end is just perfect. And the announcers kill it too, just even the way they acknowledge it. Well, uh, sorry if you have small children watching or anything like that. It might not have uh, been the best look and what have you. talk about this issue.
Sounds like you're in favor of two pumps as I read it here. You're like, all right, two pumps is the right number of pumps. Is that what you're saying? If you're only going to, you know, do two pumps, it better be diesel. And honestly, they spent a couple bucks on this one or something. I'm assuming they got like a kind of lower level professional football team because this actually looked pretty good. The way they shot it, the, the actual passing, it was shot more or less like a football game. It The announcers were great. I think just from a technical standpoint, there's a way this could have looked really cheesy. And it didn't. Yeah. And just shout out Jordan Peele, his facial expressions, like you said, when he kind of leans in to do the close up on the crotch and everything, it's so fucking perfect. And it's just, it's so subtle and it's just so good. And I think that's the sketch. It's very clear, but it's also subtle. You know what I mean? It's obvious what they're parroting and what they're saying, but the actual humor of it isn't, you know, you only get the obvious dick joke at the very end. And even then they kind of play it off a little bit. And I, I think it's the rare sketch. I think everything really works for me. It, you know, it's not a long one, but man, it's just, it, it's hard to do the same joke three times again. And they really do it so well here. No doubt, man. This is Matt Foley, a scary story on Halloween. From Saturday Night Live, Season 19, Episode 5, Christian Slater, Smashing Pumpkins. Originally aired October 31st, 1993, directed by Dave Wilson. We've got 19 credited writers here, so we're saying written by the SNL Writers Room. But just a hint of who is in this writers room, you have Dave Attell, Al Franken, Norm MacDonald, Ian Maxstone Graham, Jay Moore, Bob Odenkirk, Sarah Silverman, and Robert Schmeagle. So, not too bad. Notable stars for the sketch include Chris Farley, Bill Hartman, Christian Slater, Melanie Hutzel, and David Spade. The basic premise of the sketch is, after his kids get caught egging houses on Halloween, a father hires Matt Foley to tell them the scary story of how he ended up living in a van down by the river. Soup, why did you pitch this one? And, you know, there's a couple Matt Foley's out there. Even, you know, why did this one stand out for you? Is it the Halloween or is it the Smashing Pumpkins?
If you need me, I'll be extracting glass from my rear end in a van down by the river. I'm right there with you. I mean, Chris Farley is just such a good physical comedian. There's multiple points in the sketch. You can just see other people tried so hard not to crack. And Farley never loses it. I mean, he goes through tables, through windows, you know, in the light, in the dark, basically everything, you know, keep building up and you know what's coming. Like if he lives in a van down by the river, he again, same thing, same joke, like three times, four times. He keeps bringing it up and just the way he kind of just owns the stage and everything. And just shout out Phil Hartman. One of the just the saddest stories, dude. He would he would have been a star, dude. Phil Hartman was, I mean, so fantastic here on The Simpsons. You know, he was supposed to be doing big things, man. Uh, just so sad. And yeah, Slater is just great here. I love how he's just sitting on the couch. You know, he's got kind of like that thing, the team thing, like with the hands around the knees. They all play it so great here. Uh, very good call for me. Enjoyed the shit out of this one. Jamie G. This is an absolute... Slams him through the table. When he picks up David Spade and says, I'm going to make you feel like the eggs. How do you think it feels? And he picks them up like he's going to throw them and then they crash through the table. Spade especially, when Farley gets in his face and he drops a line about being able to smell what he ate or something, like a chili dog or whatever, you can tell if you're just looking, David Spade is just trying so hard to keep it together. And I forget, is there a reason that with the belt straightening thing, because Farley keeps going to it? I think that's part of the character. Do we? I I don't remember where it comes from, though. That's all. Like I don't remember the origin. Is it just something he does? I guess I don't. Right, and the idea, especially he's a bigger dude, he probably has clothes that don't fit right and everything like that. It totally makes sense. It's just he really goes to it a bunch of times. It, it almost feels like more of it's a nervous tick for Farley or something than a character trait, but it all works, so I don't really... Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it must be something he... he a choice he made or something. It's just... He's just so good with the glasses, you see. He almost loses them multiple times and keeps them on, and his hair is just all, like, slicked back and greasy in the idea for four hours. So good. And, uh, you know, it's basically just the Chris Farley show. But, uh, I mean, you're right. At this time on SNL, 
that was the joy of it. They had such a deep bench. They could do this. So you could just be like, all right, you know, we're just going to let Chris do his thing for five minutes, basically. Who can, who can not break? All right, you're up. You know, just let the man do his thing. And uh, good call, dude. Uh, very much enjoyed this one. He's an egg man, baby. Cuckoo, cachoo. <laughs> Ain't going to get you much except a fucking van down by the river. Yeah, if you need him, he'll be extracting glass from his rear end down there. And finally, we're going to end this sketchy one with my other pick. This is Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories, Rick James. From Chappelle Show, Season 2, Episode 4, originally aired February 11th, 2004. Directed by Neil Brennan, written by Neil Brennan and Dave Chappelle. Notable stars include Dave Chappelle, Charlie Murphy, and Rick James. Basic premise of the sketch is Eddie Murphy's brother, Charlie, tells us about the time he was hanging out with Eddie, and they ran into Rick James. I honestly thought about it. I even think I talked about it with Snoop. Like, should I just do both of the, like, the Charlie Murphy joints? Do you have this one and the Prince one? And then I was like, oh, the Prince one. But because of the fact that they get Rick James here, I, I think you had to go with that one. I mean, for me, this is a top five Chappelle show sketch, and that means something because it's so good. I think it's easily in my top ten sketches of all time. Maybe my top five. Uh, Soup, kind of give me your overall thoughts here on the, uh, the kind of Charlie Murphy Hollywood stories. Rick James. Charlie Murphy. R.I.P. Charlie Murphy and Rick James. A lot of R.I.P. in this one. That's very sad. I mean, it makes it having actual Rick James, right? Because you get Chappelle as young Rick James, and it's great, but then when you cut to actual Rick James, like, that adds a level to it that he's in on the joke, kind of. And you get the idea, at least I'm guessing, he didn't kind of, like, nail the lines. They probably just filmed a bunch of it and then kind of cut around the way to make it work because he didn't really kind of memorize his lines, I'm guessing. So he just kind of flowed into it. I do wonder, like, there has to be a little bit of truth to this, I'm guessing, right? Like you could get definitely think that Charlie Murphy went out with Eddie when they were young and Eddie was coming up, you know, the show pictures of him and Beverly Hills Cop and everything. So you get the idea that maybe if this particular story wasn't true, that Charlie Murphy probably did have some actual good true Hollywood stories. Uh, Jamie G, overall thoughts on this one. This first came out. I thought this could single-handedly be some of the best television to ever come out. It was that good. And guess what? Going back and rewatching it, it's still that good.
Dude, the way Dave Chappelle as Rick James just says, Charlie Murphy, is there anything funnier? than? I mean, I know there is, but just the way he just says Charlie Murphy breaks me every time. And then the way Rick James himself, just Charlie Murphy, like, I don't know why, but just the pronunciation of Charlie Murphy kills me. And Charlie Murphy himself is so great here. Just oh, his yeah. delivery, it like you said, both in the documentary aspect and in the, like the flashback epi- aspect, is just so fucking good, dude. I had to kick his ass. <laughs> so good, just the, the unity thing with the you know when he gets the thing in the forehead, it just you know again Chappelle absolutely is just fully doing it here. Just the whole you know I'm Rick James, bitch. You know, which is I would say one of the most quotable or most quoted lines from the show do any of y'all have a particular favorite part of this one i mean for me i think it probably just has to be the 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 fuck the couch but there's a lot of good stuff here you know and and you don't want to you know downplay cocaine is all of a drug but i I do love the fuck your couch anybody got a favorite part here fuck your couch was so You see, he doesn't even connect. Like the way they, you see, he doesn't even actually connect with the kick and the line. No, but, he's, but he's in the wall on the. Dresser. Oh, on the mirror, on the dresser, on the mirror, oh, or whatever. So yeah, good. it's perfect. Oh yeah, it's, it's great for the sketch. How about you, Soup? Uh, any favorite part? I just know, like, uh, he's a habitual line stepper. I'm going to use that one more. Like, that dude's a habitual line stepper. I'm going to work that one back in the rotation. Obviously, we talked a little bit, the the cocaine is a hell of a drug. Even at the end, when they kind of make up, and, uh, you know, Charlie Murphy, uh, uh, Rick James sounds like the, the bitches asleep with him or whatever, and he's like, oh, now that you mentioned it, I think I'm bleeding inside my chest from where he got kicked. And, dude, like, the I think we could talk about this, but the whole idea that Rick James calls him darkness and him and Eddie are the Darkness Brothers. And then the way Charlie Murphy is saying that, and he's like, see, this was before Wesley Snipes. So funny, dude. And I, and I love Wesley Snipes. I love all these dudes. It just, I don't know, man. That just absolutely killed me. What I love about this is when you look at Rick James, he had a slightly lighter complexion than Charlie or Eddie Murphy. So it's funny. And that, I also believe, is probably... There's definitely some truth to this. Right, the actual, like, I would have watched Charlie Murphy True Hollywood Stories. I totally would have watched that. And finally, just a bit, after they fuck him up, like Rick James on the couch, they break his legs, just a bit where he's just, like, crawling across the carpet, and he's like, you know, you get another couch, what am I going to do about my legs? It's just so... He's just so salty to the end, and then they go out on, you know, old Rick James being like, oh, you know, cocaine's all the drug.
But since we're doing a sketch, this is seriously all right. Uh, Dave Chappelle played pinball and Con Air. Where Steve Buscemi was Garland Green. Steve Buscemi is Donnie and Big Lebowski. Donnie bitches. All right, I can see that one was way too easy for you. So how about David Cross? <laughs> All right, uh, David Cross played Gerald, the pushy guy in Ghost World, where Steve Buscemi played Seymour. Again, Steve Buscemi is Donnie, dude. He's rolling, dude. Uh, that's a question you'd have to ask Amy, but uh, it's slightly harder, but not that much harder. Amy Schumer played Lacey in Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, where Steve Carell played Dodge. Steve Carell played Burt Wonderstone in The Incredible Burt Wonderstone, where Steve Buscemi played Anton Marvelton, and Steve Buscemi is Donnie and the Big Lebowski. Wow. Keegan-Michael Key. There's three now. There's four. Whatever. Uh, Key and Michael Key. He voiced Murray in Hotel Transylvania too. Where Steve Buscemi voiced Wayne. Steve Buscemi still Donnie. Unreal. All right, man. I guess you win that round. So you think you're sponge worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. You can earn more sponges, but you're going to have to work for them. Jamie G, Master of the Vineyards. Correct. I had already written it on the paper, in this case, the uh, the Word document. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I like the concept. It doesn't take forever. You can pick a few different things from different times. A lot of stuff to talk about. Really fun and funny because it lets you, you know, pick the funniest shit. We don't mind cherry picking when it works for us. We're not going to grade each, but I would like for you guys to each pick your favorite out of the six I'll go first here. Honestly, it, I picked it. I'd say the Rick James one. If I had to go with something I didn't select, I'd go with uh, Hingle McCringleberry. How about yourself? Man, I got to go. Is Matt Foley. That was. How about you, Soup? 
Who does number two work for? Yeah, because if you work for number two, that's where you end up, living in a van down by the river. Well, guys, ordinary. When we start doing this, we decided to not just focus on movies, kind of so we could talk about Seinfeld a bit. <laughs> we just. I got a Titleist for it. I'll tell you that. I got a Titleist ready ready and waiting. And maybe one, maybe I'll wear Wonder Boy. Who knows? I do like how you used a meaty as an adjective. Meaty is probably underused as an adjective. So take that, you know, for what you will. Thank you again for checking us out. You can find us wherever you get your pods on YouTube or on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. Again, the flaps are important to remember. Thank you very much for checking out our show. I am Magna Mills. He's Jamie G. That's a soup deucer. And we're going to be back next time to cover the marine biologist. <laughs>